episode is going to be about architecture and gentrification. Now, before we get into the meaning of gentrification, I would like to take you on a journey with your imagination. It's up to you whether you would like to close your eyes or keep them open while I speak. But for now, let's go and pretend that we're walking down a street, one of your favorite streets in the town or the city or the neighborhood that you grew up in. And let's imagine that we're walking from one shop to another, having conversations with people in the neighborhood. All these shops are being run by the locals. You can go in, have a sip of a beautiful coffee from a local shop, then go to another pastry place, get some pastries, get your groceries, and you realize that all these places are being run by local people that are living within your community and your neighborhood. And while you're having these conversations with people, you're learning more about their experiences and about how they're contributing to the well-being of your area. Do you realize how pedestrian friendly that block is and how much it's contributing to the creation of new ideas and destinies of people? You're looking around the buildings and you're realizing how varied it is in different lands, aesthetics, appreciating it, appreciating the fact that you're able to see buildings that can be categorized as luxurious, and then you're seeing buildings that maybe are a bit more cultural. There's old and new, and there's most importantly, you're seeing diverse people. Now I wanna to talk to you about Jane Jacob. Jane Jacob is a legendary urban icon, at least in my perspective. And she believed and said that a city or a neighborhood could really work with little government intervention. It could work as a closed system that's being run by its locals and the people that actually live in that neighborhood. So that means if a neighborhood had shops, local shops, it had cheap rents that attracted writers, musicians, creative minds, professionals, diverse people. If you were living in an area that had mixed use policies of development and there's different fabric in the city from high luxurious buildings to low rise affordable buildings, but they're all within that block. It's not segregated. It's inviting to all type of people then that's a cool system, a neighborhood that's being run by the people that live there and they are working to enhance it. Now, I hope you agree with me that this kind of module doesn't really exist. Again, it's in my perspective. I don't think that such module exists nowadays. I feel that we are living in a funhouse version of the city or if I wanna call it a crane city, because everywhere you walk, especially in Toronto, you're finding a crane being left um, on, like, on a street. And most of the people are gone because no one can afford this, those extremely expensive rents. So who's really living in our cities? Who's wanting 
those neighborhoods. And I've noticed that our neighborhoods are becoming less racially diverse. How, how are you feeling your city is like? I might be sounding a little bit intense, but this is such a dear topic to my heart. So I'm asking you, do you think it's fair enough to consider gentrification as a system of violence that's been based on years of racist housing and other type of policies in the Western world where there was such a deny to people of color to the same opportunities and the same housing, therefore it created inequalities in the wealth system? Do you believe that gentrification can really happen if we don't have deeply rooted inequalities and racist beliefs in, within us? If we were all equal, do you think that there would be a gentrified or a gentrifier? Would these even exist? Don't you believe that gentrification that becomes the result of a political system that's just being focused on the creation of business and the wealth of certain people, but not the well-being of the citizen. I mean, at least this is really, again, my personal intake and personal, ex based on my personal experiences, living in different cities and seeing how things are being functioned and ruled. And I see that the city fabric changes, especially in Beirut, the capital of Lebanon, the city where I grew up in. And that's why I feel very strong about this topic in particular, because I really feel and I hope that we can all come to this realization that we can shape our cities based on our experiences and our needs and interests, but we need to start identifying those interests and needs and we need to start talking about them out loudly and breaking all these taboos, taboo questions that we're so scared to ask. We need to have loud conversations about, you know, how do we see our city and how we can reshape our cities in our own designs. Um, and a lot of people might think that we are being unrealistic and dreamy and that we're going against the, the flow of reality. But you know what? That's okay. I would rather be dreamy and I would rather be a rebel, whatever that is. Um, rather than agree to an unjust system that we're living in, I would prefer to ask the questions and I would rather do something about it rather than just work with an injustice system that's creating segregation and changing the city fabric that I, I, I'm seeing. I hope that this was insightful to you as it was insightful for me doing a lot of the research and the reading around this topic. And I really, really hope that you can also share your beliefs and ideas and your experiences in growing up in the city and seeing it transform throughout the years. I can't wait to talk to you more about it. And until then, I hope you all the best. And now that we're ending this year with the season, I would like to extend my warmest wishes to all of you and happy new year and hopefully 2022, 22, yeah, we are, oh my God, will be kinder on all of us and stay safe. Ciao.